When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to The B-Sides, a podcast for progressives who love pop music. We're your hosts. I'm Hannah. I'm Mimi. And I'm Becky. Tune in for new episodes every other Wednesday to hear our conversations on pop's place in our world. And the music you should put in your ears to fuel your reckoning with the trash fires all around us. Thanks for tuning in. Here we go. Hello and welcome to The B-Sides. Hello. Hello. What's up? Becky, is Ladybug coming in the room to record with you? No, she's staring at me with the door open ajar. Okay. So, no. <gasps> come on. Do you want to come inside? Nope. She walked away. Okay. Okay. It's hard to lean in. Nothing like being rejected by your dog at 10 15 in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully you'll recover because today we're going to talk about a long-awaited subject and an undercurrent of a lot of our episodes and conversations, and that is girl boss culture and its intersection with pop music. So, you know, Ladybug is a work in progress, as we all are, towards becoming our best girl boss. But she opened the door with her face, and that is something I've never done that I know of. It's bold. It's bold. Um. Just like some housekeeping at the top, you know, I know we've been like a little touch and go over the last month. It's been a chaotic time, but, um, you know, thank you all for your patience. We were back a couple weeks ago and we will continue to be here. We are. Okay. What is, what is girl boss really? What does it pretend to be? Where does this term come from? Mirror, mirror on the wall, which pop songs are the most girl boss of all? These are all questions we're going to attempt to answer during this episode. But we've also got to discuss the latest on Britney Spears' June 23rd hearing, her conservatorship, the Free Britney movement. And so we will be weaving that miscarriage of justice into the conversation as well. There is no song more girl boss than Work Bitch, to be honest. And, you know, there are some, there are some connections here. Um, so we're going to take a quick break and then we'll get into it. This episode is brought to you by JK Zine. JK Zine is a digital publication for your iPhone. In the Zine app, you'll find new photography, illustration, poetry, and fashion from emerging artists and small production brands. JK Zine is an independent, anti-capitalist magazine. A treat for your eyes and a healthy break from your daily doom scroll. Check it out for free in the Apple Store. The Android app is coming later this summer, too. Visit the JK Zine website for more at jkzine.com. That's jkzine.com.
And we're back. So why don't we start by talking about what girl boss culture is broadly? I have a long and short definition as usual. And some of this we've talked about before on multiple episodes, especially our positions on positions episode, which is that girl boss is like this smoke and mirrors corporate feminism, which is to say not feminism, not equitable. It's this idea that like, instead of dismantling a system that has created catastrophic inequities and given white men in particular absurd amounts of power forever, let's embrace the system and work within it to snag some power for ourselves on an individual basis, ladies. Like that's basically what it is. Trickle-down feminism, aka still not feminism. We know that trickle-down theory like does not work and is a scam. And this scam casts girl power combined with hustle as this key to success and the answer to life's problems which is absurd in the face of most individual struggles, but also in the face of racial capitalism and climate disaster and mass homelessness and lack of healthcare, and the list goes on. So it actually works to legitimize a system responsible for most problems and urges mostly white women not to question the system, to trust that it will protect them as long as they wake up at 4 a.m., work hard, and are always camera ready, essentially. And it equates financial success with rightful authority in a way. That's my long and short general definition. Um, But Becky and Hannah, anything that you would add to that? I think you nailed it right on the head. For me, it's like a part of culture that embraces the hustle life and then makes you feel guilty for not spending every hour working really hard to get ahead. And it's a type where you say, oh, haha, I like, haven't taken a vacation in five years because there's simply just like so much to do and I'm the only one that can do it. Ha ha. <laughs> um, and I also think it's like wrapped up in this notion that women can only get ahead or level up with men if they're doing extra work, which is not true. And don't make the woman change her behavior. Maybe we should change the system instead. Yeah, and what I think is also so... Uh, harmful about the the concept of girl bossery is that it masquerades as this like subversive counterculture. I feel like people get to call themselves a girl boss and feel like they are unique, different, subversive, off the beaten path and makes people feel proud and special to use the term, but it couldn't be less subversive. There is nothing in the world that is less subversive than girl boss. It is exactly it's it's just a term that already describes a lot of the of the aspects of dominant culture. There's no need for it, but it makes people feel like they're cool and alt and they're really not. Yes, it it treats no days off like a badge of honor and it is subversive of feminism. Like not not the dominant culture definitely supports the dominant culture while pretending that it is doing something like revolutionary. Uh, All right. So we're going to talk more about the brief history of the term girl boss and discuss some pop music that may or may not speak to its agenda. Because I do think that some criticisms of pop music are in a sense tied in with that. Um, But first we have to talk about what's new with Britney Spears because we care about her, because we recognize her as the pop vanguard she is. And because Almost nothing exposes the sham of girl boss philosophy, like the trajectory of her life and her career. 
Um, that trajectory involved very hard work under a system that technically made her financially successful and the biggest pop star to ever exist, but also has mistreated her to no end for profit and done so with increasingly intensifying forms of exploitation, such as legally imprisoning her for the past 13 years without just cause. Um, and we've talked so much about all of this, especially in the Britney episode we posted at the end of March, which took like several years off my life. Um, but uh, it's also hard to talk about because things are things happen so quickly and there's like so much going on that sometimes you talk about something and then by the time it's time to like publish something, it's old news. But in this case, it's a pretty monumental thing. So um, you know, if you haven't listened to it already, our old episode from March to give you a lot of our takes on how the treatment of Brittany over the years, like this whole foundation was and is a mirror on us and our values at a societal level. But now we're just going to catch up on some things that have happened, happened in the last few weeks. I think starting with her court appearance and direct appeal on June 23rd. Did you guys have any like thoughts when you either read the transcript or listened to her speak or anything else that kind of happened around then um, that you would like to share off the bat? It's just like really devastating to hear her in her own words. I don't know. Um, It's just like sad. It's a lot. Yeah. And she, um, she's so angry and she's so sad. And it's really, it's always hard to like bear witness to someone's, like to someone explaining their tragedy. It's never, that's never like a comfortable, super fun thing. And this is so loaded because we were all like, we were all there. We all saw all of these things, um, but there's so much that we missed. And there were certain ways that she described, you know, what it was like even for her to be in the Vegas tour or, or residency. And it's, it was so, yeah, it was so hard to hear. And there was a lot that I feel like, um, and I think we'll get to this. And I feel the same way with, with other pieces that have come out in the last few months and weeks that we'll discuss that. I feel like fans who have been following this have been like trying to get people to hear this. Like a lot of this and a lot of her own, uh, Brittany's own take on, on her, you know, last decade of her life, it's actually not totally brand new revelatory information. It's confirming what fans were really trying to, to tell us for a long time. Yeah. It's, it confirms how on the nose the free Britney movement was in a way, fortunately in a way, unfortunately, but it's like vindicated an entire fan base that was called crazy for a long time. And is actually like moving the needle for this pop star um, in a way that you don't necessarily see with a fan base often, like the way that they are affecting her life. Um, I think she sounded in the last episode, I said like she like I don't recognize Instagram Britney and she sounded way more like the version of her I remember like her southern accent was back and she was just you could tell that she was just angry like you said and I think this is the first time in her whole career that she has spoken publicly honestly and known that there are 
people behind her who really want the best for her, which I think is really sad and great at the same time that she she has that now. Like she knows about the movement and everything. So the only the only other thing I, I wanted to mention from that is that like there was so I one of the well, there were a lot of things about it that were devastating. Um, but there was like so much discourse about the fact that she didn't or the fact that she didn't know the name of her birth control or seem to like she called it an ID twice, which like maybe she was nervous. The transcript corrected it. Um, but I think that that speaks more to any like people were like, wow, like she doesn't even know the name. But missing the point of like, maybe she doesn't know the name because she's not allowed to have any information about anything, including something that serious or invasive or involuntary. So I thought that was really interesting and and telling and sad. Um, And some people were kind of just making fun of her, but I think they were missing the point again. Um, At this point, like... I am angrier than I always get angry when someone makes fun of a celebrity for something that I'm like, you don't understand this or, and not that I do, but people who just don't take it seriously. I'm always baseline pissed off at people who do that. And right now I feel like for any of the assholes who are deciding, I feel like at this point it's a decision deciding to still shit on Britney. It feels like, yeah, I'm just, I feel like they are making a choice at this point and that choice is harmful and like dumb. And I have no, I have no patience for it. Whereas other times I'm like, yeah, you know, I care a lot about celebrities. So I have this different, you know, orientation towards Ariana Grande messing up at Ellen. Cause I'm like, I love her. I support her. I'll let, you know, she, she's going through a lot. And other people were like, look at that. You know, she was so weird on it. But I under on that performance, but I understand sometimes because I'm like, okay, it's sometimes hard to have compassion in a world that really doesn't want you to have compassion for celebrities. But at this point, if you have seen anything that's going on with Britney and you decide to still be heartless, then I just have no patience for you. I'm done. Totally. Totally agree. Um, And that leads into very nicely some of the reactions from the court appearance. Um, I think that some of the artist reactions have been really interesting. Who said something and who hasn't? You know, it, it warmed my heart when my Twitter mutual, Dionne Warwick, posted a video of her voicing her support for Britney. And she was just like, you know, as an, as an octogenarian, like this like wise person just being like, enough. And it took... Christina Aguilera a little bit longer, but she had a really moving statement in support of Britney, which everyone was waiting for. And she did it. She didn't have to. Um, Cher was pretty immediate. Mariah Carey gave her immediate support, which is great because she is like another powerhouse who just gets it. She went through not the same thing, but another, she's another pop star who had in a similar era, um, her mental health kind of wielded against her in public. So I thought those were great. And then 
I was kind of like, there are a lot of people who've worked with Brittany over the years who have said nothing. And um, I think, you know, Demi Lovato is one of them. They worked on the X Factor with Brittany. Um, and like went on a rampage against a yogurt shop, but are not here for this, even though they've definitely seen like conservatorship Britney, like it was that era. And, you know, like Madonna, I think I, I actually don't really want to harp on Demi because I think it's way more important to hear from really like the most powerful people who are sort of more of the same generation as Britney, who, who went through a lot with her. Madonna's worked with these same industry people like Beyonce, Britney took Destiny's Child on tour and they opened for her, you know, like she, they, these people like owe things to her. And then where is Taylor Swift who has talked so much about mistreatment in the music industry and, and all of that. She's like, uh, advertising Ed Sheeran's flop era, but like not (laughs) saying anything about this, which I think is, I don't know. I just think it's disappointing. What do you guys think? What a beautiful drag that was. Um, yeah, I feel like a critique that has been used against Taylor Swift in the last few years is how self-centered she is. And, you know, I, I don't know how you could be Taylor Swift and not have main character syndrome. So, you know, I, I will give her a little bit of slack, but, um, there have been moments where I'm like, you really could make a different choice. You know, an example, of course, not even with politics, but just the fact that she is, you know, she has criticisms against her that she is quite self-centered. And then, then the first, you know, single post the reputation era is called me, you know, like that's just an example. And then now she, in the last few years, I think sees herself as being very useful to the larger music industry by shedding light on the systems and structures and incentives and legalities that harm people. And what an easy, easy connection she could make. Like so easy, you know, and, and because in fact, all of these things are quite connected in terms of who ultimately has power and control over an artist. And I, I, it just makes me disappointed because it makes me think that she still doesn't have the right people giving her counsel and advice. And you would just think that after, you know, the Miss Americana, you know, awakening, she would understand that her ability to speak out against a harmful president, it's not, not connected to the ability to speak out to other systems and power. And she might be right now saying, you know, this isn't my fight. And she might even be thinking to herself, I don't want to make it about me by inserting myself. And she would get criticism. Someone would say that. If she were to say something, someone would say Taylor Swift is making that about herself. But I, whatever, if I were her advisor, which I am not, and uh, if she ever wants to hire us for that, we would obviously be consultants for her. You know, I would say that's, that's worth the criticism that, you know, you could, that it would be worth it to say something. Someone uh, that we didn't mention that did a lot was Justin Timberlake. Yeah. He put out a statement, you know, being like, we need to support Britney. I know I really haven't been in the past, right? Something I, I even want to pull it up. And I think that's pretty big thinking about all the people, including ex Dina, you know, Justin Timberlake is kind of also to blame, not to blame, but he definitely didn't add 
any positives to Britney's mental health to 15 blame. years ago. To blame, I would say. <laughs> and I was I was glad to see that he spoke out and support. He's kind of in this position where it's like, damned if you do, damned if you don't. Like, I recognize that for him. Like, we like we don't really want to hear from him. Most of us, we're just like, and all of Britney, Britney's fans are like, shut up. Like, anytime he says anything now. But he yeah, he has to say something. <laughs> He, he has to say something, but also it's like, shut up. Um, yeah, I think it was good. I mean, I, I just don't love the way he goes about it. Like every one of his statements just has at least like one line in there where I was like, you could really just not, you don't need yeah. to say like our history, good and bad, like whatever, just say that you support her and leave it alone. He was like, now we must support her. But I agree. It's good that he said something because if he didn't, People would be like, why aren't you saying anything? Yeah, and all those people who knew him at the Mickey Mouse Club, Christina included. I, I was really, Christina's statement was really great, and I was happy to see that. Has Jessica yeah. Simpson said anything? I don't know. Let me see. Our girl. Yeah, let's, let's <laughs> go. <laughs> um, I will say, like, sort of related to Jessica Simpson, as as we look this up, is that, like, you know, Jamie Lynn is horrible. And uh, a lot of people are like, well, imagine being the younger sibling of Britney Spears. Um, I don't know if that's an excuse, though, because Ashley Simpson was the younger sibling of Jessica Simpson. She's great. We love her. So I don't think you need to be a horrible person just no, because you're think- related to Britney Spears, despite what the truth is. I don't think Jessica Simpson said anything. She said that she didn't want to watch the doc because it was too triggering. Fair enough. Okay. I mean, I'd love to hear just the the thing also that some celebrities can do is if they wanted to, they could literally just post an Instagram or a, a tweet that's just hashtag free Britney. And that would be plenty in a lot of cases, not in all cases, but like if Jessica could just say that, like that shows you that that is a way of making it not about you at all, but just using your platform to be like, Hey, I'm on this side. Having read her book, I think Jessica Simpson goes through has dealt with a lot of trauma in her life and probably steers clear of like reliving anything like that. And that might even be a traumatic thing for her to do or something that she overthinks. I don't know. I side with with Jessica having read her book and and knowing everything in her life that she has gone through. Having read her book, which is like twice as long as any other celebrity memoir. um, She's gone through a lot of shit. She has. Yeah. No, it was a, it was a good and and sad and funny read. Um, but yeah, I'm not even like looking to her. I really just want like if Beyonce posted hashtag free Britney, can you imagine? Um, and I think she should. So that's that on that. Um, but then before we move on, just like the other things that are happening now moving forward some of which I'm confused about, some like political and legal reactions to all of this. Um, I feel like everyone got very mad again at the end of June because it sounded like Judge Penny denied a request filed by Britney's court-appointed lawyer, who's bad, in November to remove her father as conservator. But Like, apparently, I don't know yet, but apparently that was just procedural. Like, she was really signing it for 
um, another piece of the document. And it just ended up affirming by signing it that Jamie was still co-conservator. Um, and so it's not necessarily predictive of where the case was going. But then the wealth management firm, Bessemer Trust, which we've talked about as being slated to take over part of the conservatorship, backed out after Britney's latest court appearance, which I thought was interesting. I think they just don't really want any bad publicity more than anything else. And I hope they're not like screwing her over more by not getting involved. Um, Brittany's lawyer still hasn't filed a new petition to terminate her conservatorship, despite her very clear request. But we know that her next court hearing is July 14th. So maybe it'll happen around then. But we also know that he wants money and not justice or else he would have told her that she could petition and at any point in the last 13 years. Um, and then L.A. courts just decided to end remote audio broadcasts for hearings instead of like doing anything else. They're like, you know what we're taking away from this? We will not be having remote audio broadcasts. No one should hear what's going on here anymore. I, I truly can't believe that was their takeaway from this. Yeah. So upsetting. And then uh, the last thing, Congress, Congress, will Brittany bring bipartisanship to the legislative branch? She's done so much for American history that I wonder. So we saw that like Elizabeth Warren and Bob Casey asked for data on the conservatorships, on conservatorships more broadly to investigate financial and civil rights abuses. I don't know where that's going. And then Matt Gates, which is like, Someone who I never thought I would agree with on anything and possibly still don't. I don't want to commit to anything, but he has actually for months been voicing support for Brittany and saying she's been mistreated by the legal system. And now he's urging her to testify before Congress to, quote, take advantage of the empowerment that public congressional testimony can unlock, which I think is very interesting. Do you guys have any thoughts about this? I don't know how how sus it is or not i know it's it's always gonna make me think that like matt gates has some like donor who like stands to make some money off of like britney spears uh winning or like breaking or whatever like the conservatorship going away or there's like some special interest group out there who's like lobbying him on on some deal but it is interesting he i don't know some florida connection maybe or uh I don't know. I feel like there's like, I'm trying to think about what is the underlying narrative he's trying to say about the American legal system. You know, like I, I, I'm, yeah, I'm really curious what he, there, there is a, there is a message he's trying to, to spread through this that I think ultimately whatever the logical conclusion of that message ends up being, we will disagree with, I would imagine. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, is he, because usually it would mean that, like, usually, you know, freedom and liberty are a dog whistle for white supremacy. And I don't, I'm like, is is it that in some way? But I don't know how it would be yet. But I, I agree, there has to be, like, some other explanation besides him doing the right thing, I think. I also Cynical think as that is. Brittany, like, for like white supremacy is like the pinnacle of like beautiful like Aryan blonde woman who like is like trapped and like they can save her 
maybe also like that narrative too. I do think he's probably just making money off something. Uh, and there's like some kind of, uh, I don't know, some conservatorship uh, lawyer. Maybe, maybe he knows Judge Penny. I don't know. Or he's like, I'm trying to get all the January 6th assholes out of jail by being like, see, the American legal system yeah. can lock up people who are just freedom fighters or whatever. Mm, you know? I think all of that's really compelling. We'll see. We're, we're going to keep our eyes on the prize and see how this develops. So the biggest pop star in the world would be in a great place if the philosophy of girl bossy were legit. But instead, it's just more propaganda of late capitalism, and she continues to be imprisoned at the very moment Bill Cosby, uh, known predator, do you hear that, Felicia Rashad, known predator, uh, goes free. Great. So let's get into a brief history of the term girl boss, because one, it really is everywhere now, and two, this isn't the first time feminism has been misconstructed and misconstrued or used to non-feminist ends, but it is a relatively new term, and there's something specific to how clearly capitalistic it is. I also have to say there's something millennial chuggy to it as well um, that gets me particularly fired up when you consider how detrimental corporate greed at a boomer level has been to our generation in particular since it always seems like millennials and, and boomers are sparring. Um, you know, girl boss culture basically preyed on young people's financial precarity after the great recession and promised the world or blame them if they weren't succeeding. So I'll start with this. I am someone who graduated from college at almost the exact moment that Sheryl Sandberg, the chief operating officer at Facebook and billionaire published lean in which was an incredibly popular 2013 book that I was definitely told to read by multiple people as career advice, but which had girl boss written all over it. And I don't think I had the language to explain this back then, but you know, it's all about the advice that if you work hard, you can climb the corporate ladder, which we're supposed to assume is something worth doing. And it's a book that repackages white feminism and says, good news patriarchy has no gender, which is true, but in a different way than like bell hooks would say it. It ignores class, race, intersectionality, completely caters to the wealthy white men in positions of power. And this is, this is the key. It shows a deep, unrelenting love. Some would say passion for capitalism. Um, This book was really everywhere as I was first trying to find a job. And, uh, you know, a lot of my friends as well. And I think set the stage for all things girl boss. Any other takes that you guys have on the the lean in phenomenon? Yeah, I agree that lean in is super cheeky. Uh, however, I do think there's some value in teaching women to speak up and demand what they want. But that again goes back to the idea that we are putting the pressure on the women to change and ask when really we should be changing the structure that forces us to quote unquote lean in. Right. I I know what you mean. I totally agree with that. And so I think that there's moments for myself where I have to remind myself when I'm falling prey to lean in vibes, what the end goals were of lean in, which were ultimately quite harmful, quite, you know, focused on upholding status quo 
structures. And that's not my end goal. That doesn't mean I shouldn't speak up for myself, right? That doesn't mean I shouldn't, whatever you think lean in means, um, but it is a good, and I do think there's, it is worthwhile to figure out how to infuse people who are, you know, grown up and socialized as women. It's good to think about how to infuse confidence in a world that wants to tear you down, but there's so many other, especially since 2013, so many other incredible thinkers, academics, activists who have a much healthier relationship between femaleness, femininity, and confidence. And you don't need to go to lean in for that anymore. You just don't. So the term girl boss was popularized the following year after the lean in book by Sophia Amorosa. Sometimes I say Omarosa. Me too. <laughs> if we say that, just know that that's not what we mean. Different. Um, anyway, so right. The term girl boss was popularized by Sophia Amarusa in a story that, like so many important stories, begins in 2006. So at that time, according to Amarusa, she was a 22-year-old community college dropout, a dumpster diver, a hitchhiker, who didn't have much going for her. So she started an eBay store called Nasty Gal Vintage and the MySpace crowd went wild. Her business took off by 2014, had sold over $100 million in new and vintage clothes and accessories, had hundreds of employees, over a million fans on social media, a huge office space in LA. So of course, in 2014, she published a memoir of you know self-help business tips and tricks for women called Hashtag Girlboss. And the term went wide as some combination of feminism and hustle that could help any woman achieve her corporate dreams. The mythology of Girlboss was so popular that it even became a TV show based on her autobiography, which I did watch. Wasn't that good? Um, And really, this term, this mythology started to describe a lot of pop culture since then. Right. So right before her memoir came out in 2014... Amarusa did an interview with Elle magazine where she said she was very inspired by Lean In. She liked the assumption that the system works for everyone as long as they work hard. But there's just a lot of advice that, again, often misses the mark. Wake up at 4 a.m., eat healthy, always be camera ready, do more work. It's the kind of self-help advice that benefits the person giving it as they acquire more power and influence while not actually being helpful to most people on the receiving end. At, when asked if she was a feminist, Amarusa replied, yeah. I don't really like to use that word, though. It feels very heavy. It doesn't feel positive for some reason, and I'm not sure why. I think it's a fine word, but I think the most feminist thing to do is show up and be a girl boss. Maybe girl boss is the new word for feminism. It makes me happy because I think it's like fun to be like, yeah, just show up and be a girl boss. And it's great to like seven years later be validated by how absurd that is. Because for the record... Feminism is a movement to end exploitation and oppression and to create a more equitable world. It's not a movement to get your bag. These movements don't go together. The philosophy that anyone can just help themselves by simply working hard under a system that exploits them as much as capitalism is compelling to a lot of people, um, but obvious nonsense to many of us, as is equating girl bosshood with feminism. It even fell apart for Amarusa pretty quickly. Nasty Gal was bankrupt by 2016, and that bankruptcy revealed a toxic work culture underneath. She hardly ever acknowledged any of the other people who contributed to her success. And the TV series was also canceled after just one season and widely criticized as 
quote unquote, a call to millennial narcissists. So what's a girl boss to do? Amarusa stepped down as CEO of Nasty Gal and then started Girl Boss Media, like fully undeterred to spread her message to the masses and even holds girl boss rallies where she charges people, probably mostly millennials, hundreds of dollars to get business advice from her. And this is how ingrained capitalism is and how misunderstood feminism is. And I know a lot of people listening to this podcast already know that. But there are plenty of other corporate women leaders like this out there who ruin people's lives in an unjustified climb to the top in the name of feminism or whatever will help them get their bag. Shout out Steph Corey or Elizabeth Holmes and that one um, Instagram girl boss filter that we love. You hate to see a girl boss winning. You really do. You really do. And of course, you know, don't hate the scam or hate the scam. And we do, for the record, hate the scam and most of the ways that it shows up in pop culture. We enjoy the term girl boss, ironically. We probably don't like know and respect most of the people who still use it sincerely at this point. But if we turn to pop music, as we are wont to do here, some songs and artists have really inhabited the girl boss philosophy and others don't, but are sort of like recast as girl boss by people who confuse it with being a feminist or simply having confidence and self-esteem. At the same time, equating being a girl boss and being a feminist or finding success is happening less and less. So many people have learned a lot about how power works in America thanks to many events of the last few years that made it so much more obvious. And people are understanding more and more that meaningful change and positive empowerment happens collectively. Yeah, it's not about pulling up your bootstraps and digging deeper into a labor system that actively works against your well-being. But there is still this subgenre of pop music that's been around for a long time and not going anywhere. And it's basically, I would categorize it as pop feminism. And some of it is about meaningful female empowerment or empowerment more broadly, despite what some pop critics would say. But some of it is basically girl boss in disguise or not even in disguise. So I thought that we could end this episode by having a little fun after some dark topics and playing a game where we rate a few pop songs by how girl boss they are. Um, And I've labeled this game girl boss or girl bossed. So I picked out some songs that have been referred to as girl boss like on the internet and articles and Spotify playlists. And I wanted us to discuss if they are or not and why. So if a song is girl boss, that means it falls in line with the girl boss philosophy, of course. And then if it's girl bossed, this song was mislabeled and does not actually fall in line with the girl boss philosophy. And maybe it's about something else. Bonus points for lyrical callouts or suggestions on what would make a song more or less girl boss than it currently is. I think let's start with an easy one, but we can choose. We've got a list here, everyone, and and we're just going to choose some of these. Um, I already mentioned Work Bitch at the top by Britney Spears. This is conservatorship, Britney. I think this is like, you know, absolutely a girl boss song. It's all about working for monetary gain. What do you guys think? Agreed. Agree, girl boss. And so it it's it actually is a perfect encapsulation of what we're trying to say about girl boss, which is like 
the message of it is if you want all of these nice things, then just work. But actually like she barely is making any fucking money, has no control over her life, is the least leaning in person in the entire world because she can't. And it's just a reminder that you can do whatever the fuck you want and the system is going to system all over you. Totally. And that's why I know I bring this up every time this song comes up, but that's why I love when it's sliced together with the Titanic sinking because it's the, it's the same. It's, it's a capitalist sham. It's all the same in the end. Should that be the Instagram post for this episode? Maybe I've got another one in mind too, but I actually think it probably should just be that. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe there'll be, there'll be more than one. Someone else pick another one we should talk about here. Spider is girl bossed, uh, I think, as I was just looking at the lyrics where she says, you were there by my side, always down for the ride, but your joy ride just came down in flames because your greed sold me out in shame. Extina. Ex-Dina. I would agree. Yeah. We love it. Also, I'm just going to confirm the year when this 2002. So she was really ahead of her time. It's almost 20 years old, and she was calling out girl boss culture, calling out greed. Um, and it's a beautiful, it's a great, it's a great pump up song, as an aside. Yeah. I would like to also say that Stronger, What Doesn't Kill You by Kelly Clarkson, also girl bossed. Mm-hmm. Uh, that song is about trauma, not about girl boss. And I, I don't, um, I think that that's about like building yourself up again, less so about like building yourself up through. Uh, making money, but like building yourself up when people have tried to like literally hurt you. Totally. Yeah. I think doesn't mean I'm lonely when I'm alone is, I think that's, I think that's really beautiful. Mm-hmm. It's a good song. Hannah. Okay. Next let's do, well, I think we do have to do run the world girls. Yeah, we do. I think it's, I think it's girl boss. I do too. Yeah. <laughs> I feel this one is controversial because like it is a good pump up song for a lot of people, but it is just like, like, yes, the, the world would not run without girls, but like, come on. It's girl boss. Yeah. It's no independent woman by destiny's child. Let's put it no. that way. Right. <laughs> put it, put it that way. Yeah. Or bills, bills, bills. Or bills, bills, In bills. which they acknowledge the fact that it is nice for men to pay your bills. Well, here's the truth with run the world and with other girl boss stuff. Like I'm not going to pretend I haven't cried listening to that song or watching that music video. <laughs> like I, I do sometimes feel the feelings that it's supposed that it's like trying to make me feel, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's like, why it's a, it's a challenging one. Yeah. Like I remember once seeing a group of girls, like little girls singing that song. It like in Philadelphia at one point. And I was like crying. I was like, this is so beautiful. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I don't, I don't think that like it's, it's all bad. Um, and maybe there is a way to make it less girl boss and still have that same message and still have the same, like, still be a great song. I think it's just, I don't know. This is, uh, that's where it gets, that's where it gets a little tricky. And that's where, you know, like empowerment and girl boss really just kind of like meld together in a, in a scary way, but yeah, it's girl boss. Um, okay. Right song is Chuggy and girl boss. (laughs) 
Most importantly, Chuki. Yeah. So Fight Song by Rachel Platten didn't, I don't think it had to be Girl Boss, but the context of it being Hillary Clinton's song like made it irrevocably Girl Boss. Poor Rachel. We'll just never know the counterfactual of what her life could have been like if, of course, if Hillary won, but if if it was she, if her song wasn't chosen, we'll just never know. But then yeah. the fact that she followed it up with "Broken Glass," yeah, yeah, you know it it does it does point to a pretty girl boss agenda. Yeah, it does. Um, how about "Like a Boy" by Sierra, which is a great like. 2007 i think song and music video um kind of upstaged by if i were a boy yeah like kind of things happen like at the same time with black and white music videos like kind yeah of i i actually think yeah i mean sierra came first with this and but i agree um and i think both of those songs are not i think they're girl bossed i think they point to a lot of the inequities that exist and social conventions that are hypocritical and things like that more than anything else. Some lines I'd like to shout out from like a boy. Let's see, where is it? Oh yeah. Uh, In the opening verse where she's painting a picture of what, you know, men, boys are up to. One of the lines is joint account and another one he don't know about. And I love that because actually that's a little bit actually girl bossy, but yeah. it, because it's a little bit of like, yeah, you know, secure your rights through through financial means. But I do think it's a great reminder for people, you know, you know, get a joint account. And then I wouldn't say keep it a secret from your partner, but it's okay if you want to keep, you know, a bank account of your own. I feel like that's really interesting financial advice. <laughs> it's just logical. It's just it's reasonable logical. to do that. Yeah. <laughs> and then the other line that I think is really or like the 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 kind of hook of the can't be getting mad, like what you mad can't handle that phrase yeah. is really interesting because it points to the double-edged sword of weaponizing emotions against women because it's like on the yeah I just think it's really interesting and being like yeah patriarchy in some ways does hurt men because you know you're not allowed to really show the emotion the full range of your human emotions and also our emotions are weaponized against us when we have very rational reactions to being harmed Yes. So I think it's a very nuanced and interesting song. I think so too. And the music video is great as well. Uh, I, I've seen like Respect by Aretha Franklin on several Girl Boss playlists. And I just think that's really unfair. Asking for respect is not the same as being a girl boss. And I would say that they do not go well together, actually. So um, I was Love a little. That unhappy with that what Let's other ones the man the, the man, man Swift, yeah uh-oh okay it's definitely girl boss if someone wants to sway me otherwise fine but it's it's, it's girl boss yeah i agree i think like there's there's so much about it that's so close to being a really interesting i actually think the, the thesis of it is a really interesting uh, thesis that i mostly agree with but I love making fun of that song. <laughs> I do. Yeah. I, I, I oh, it's it's fun to do. I think that especially the the phrasing, the line, "Wonder if I'd get there quicker if I was a man." It's always just like Taylor. Where could you have gotten that's bigger, and how could you have gotten there faster? 
Like, what are you talking about? That's, that's the thing I think is like, much like with Rachel Platten, it's like the context with Taylor Swift is also the context that makes it girl bossy because it's like you being the mouthpiece for this doesn't make sense. Like, of course you're doing it. I'm not surprised that you're doing it, but like, what exactly, what are you talking about? This is exactly how you've gotten to where you are. So, but ultimately I do think it's awesome for her to have a song on an album, you know, that is about all of the criticism that she got over the years that were explicitly rooted in sexism. You know, I think that's for sure. That she did that. For sure. Great. Well, that was a fun little game. There were no winners or losers except for the obvious losers. Um, but there's so much we could talk about with, I mean, it's like, it's a part of so many parts of pop culture and pop music. And there's so much more that we could talk about and probably will at some point, but this is a fun little, little discussion on the girl boss of it all. And I think we'll, we'll leave it there. Thanks everyone. Um, We will talk to you again very soon. That's our show. And And don't get girl bossed. Don't get girl bossed. Stay cool etc and bye bye thanks for listening to the b-sides podcast we want to connect with you check out the show notes to find our instagram twitter and join our facebook group where you can link up with us and other progressives who love pop please take a minute to subscribe rate and review if you haven't already and consider supporting the b-sides on patreon until the next time we cut to the feeling i'm mimi i'm becky i'm hannah 